What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Old English D, a Detroit Tigers podcast. My name is Casey, as always, joined by Josh. How are you doing this week, Josh? I'm doing fantastic, Case. How are you doing? I, you know, I was doing great, Josh. Um, And, you know, every once in a while, you learn something about someone that just absolutely tarnishes your image of them in your head. <laughs> and right before we went live on this podcast, uh, you sent me a screenshot of what your Google Docs looks like. And, and you told me that you use dark mode on your Google Docs. What do you have to say for yourself? I'm just, I just, you, you have white text appearing on a black background. And I feel like you're just inc- incredulously, I would even add, that you're just tarnishing the image of the blank page and you're and you're just destroying all the sanctity thereafter. What do you what do you have to say for yourself? In my head, it's really no different than your I have dark mode on everything that I can on my phone because Oh, as do I. I, get, I have nothing nothing I, against dark mode. I am a big proponent of dark mode, but this is too far. I, I have it on my text messages. It's quite mm-hmm. similar to mm-hmm. text messages because it's text message. The other person's texts come through on a black background and it's white letters. I get bad migraines sometimes. And I try to change over everything I can because this is a lot easier on my head. Sometimes. Okay. But see, so. that's the thing. See, like here, like I'm even looking at this screenshot and it makes me more writer's block is a thing right and like and like i spent like a lot of time with with the written word i I enjoy writing i i very much enjoy the the art of writing and i feel like there's some kind of thing about the blank page and it being white and it kind of staring at you and just waiting for endless possibilities to happen this what i'm looking at here is a void of nothingness and it's terrifying it's way more terrifying than than a white blank page. And I'm just wondering, like, how you ever did, like, was this something in college that you did? Yeah, and th- that also stems from the concussion I had in college. So oh, gosh. That's... See, now you're making me <laughs> No, it's, it's not something that I, like, am married to, like... On my mm-hmm. computer, Google Docs, it's it's the regular white page. Well, I don't think that's a how this dark mode. right. But that's how this all came up. Is is you you mentioned to me like, is there a way to switch your Google Docs into a dark mode on the desktop? Right. I want everything and I, to and match. I, I was beside myself. I think you heard the gears switching in my head. I think I think you saw my eyes and like to be clear, we cannot see each other right now. I think you saw them enlarge to the size of golf balls i mean as soon as you started questioning this i'm like Mm -hmm. oh this is how the podcast is starting for sure he's (laughs) gonna out me to the entire listening listening audience that we have so that's okay i'm Um, I'm not afraid to be different oh man i mean i guess i guess comment in and if anyone else still is using this just monstrosity of a writing setup uh but this is not a google's doc google docs podcast it is, it is a detroit tigers podcast where every week we get together and talk about the detroit tigers baseball organization and uh this week we actually have some exciting things to talk about we're going to talk about uh specifically sunday's game which was flipping awesome um i went to the guardians and the tigers double header that was awesome as well um we have a little bit of some drama as always with the uh tigers analytics department that we're going to go over <laughs> who would who would have thought and uh, we're going to do a little buy or sell again this week. I very much enjoyed that. And then we're going to round up uh, this week's of games. Uh, how's that sound to you, Josh? Sounds like a plan. Let's run it. Sweet. Um, first things first, we had a very exciting game on Sunday. Um, the Tigers were playing the Angels. And one Shohei Otani, we've talked at length about our boy Shohei, was pitching against our Detroit Tigers and Erod was making his comeback. And this game was set up and probably one of the most hyped games that had no reason to be hyped up just a random regular season game, but it had so much hype behind it. And let me tell you, it delivered. It absolutely delivered. Of course, the Tigers came away with a four to zero win, shut out the angels, Josh, shut them out. And, and some context to this, we won the first game of the series, then we dropped the second game, 
And so it's the it's the showdown. It's the it's the rubber match of the three game series. And I mean, we've talked at length about Shohei Otani. We really have. And he's a fantastic player. The only time I don't like Shohei Otani is when he's pitching against the Tigers. And here we are pitching against the Tigers. Now, I had contemplated going to this game. Um, We both had. Yeah, we uh, it's true. Yeah, we we had originally talked about I I forget because your work schedule is so crazy and I just assume that you can never go to anything. <laughs> um but and that was even before uh Erod was slated slated to pitch in this game as well that we were just solely going to see Otani pitch. Yeah. And, and because and that's that's like a win-win situation. You know what I mean? Because it's like, oh, well, if the Tigers do good, great, we're excited. But then it's like, okay, if they didn't do good, that means Otani shoved. And like, that was fun. That's fun to watch. And I mean, realistically, you want a chance to watch one of the best, if not the best player in baseball right now, uh, just play the game. And Josh, what happens? Not the first pitch of the game, because Erod went out and had a fine first inning. He did. He did fine. Let a couple runners on, but he did the normal Erod thing of got ahead of every batter and then just couldn't put him away. But he fixed himself later on. Later on, Erod did great, and we'll have time for that. But Josh, what happened the first pitch of the game to Riley Green? Um, I think the ball has yet to land in the country of Canada. I think that is what happened, if I am remembering correctly. I saw Riley Green winding up to this pitch. Like you could just tell, and like it's funny too because like he's he's openly said to AJ, and it's it's kind of made its rounds uh, throughout the media too. That like, oh, I need to walk more. Like I'm not I'm not looking at the first pitch enough. I'm not getting deep enough into at bats. And like you can kind of tell his plate approach has changed just a little bit. He's a little bit um, more jumpy at the ball and been probably swinging more. He's still patient, but he's just jumping um, and probably coming out of his approach a little bit and he just didn't care <laughs> he, just, he knew Otani was gonna give him a fastball I do wonder if Otani like was throwing 98 if he would have caught up to that because and also if his shoulder would still be connected to his, his body <laughs> if, if he was throwing 98 but it was like it was 94 I, I mean jury's still out whether or not it was uh, a cutter or a four seamer I, I think it was a four seamer but Otani might have not had his best stuff um but 94 right in the inside corner just absolutely dialed in for Riley Green and yeah like 448 feet the stat cast home run of the year I think what were your thoughts on that home run uh it was the Tigers longest leadoff home run since stat cast began and it's the longest tracked home run off of Shohei Otani period was was our Riley Green to lead off the game it it was so like just the whole game. And I was even telling you last night, um, right after the game, I was I was watching Sports Center and their breakdown of the game was basically the Riley Green show because he made a spectacular diving catch in center field a couple innings later. He went what two two for two or two for three with a with a double, a homer, two for and two. two walks. Two walks. Yep. Two walks. So that's the Riley Green that I think the ceiling is, I think that's the ceiling and it's so fun to watch when this team is good. I even mentioned something to you in this game because, uh, Badu was on a couple times. He, he walked once and got a hit and he had a stolen base. The team, when this team is getting on base, when the young guys are getting on base, making things happen, it's just such a different feeling, so much energy and like positivity just in general around the fan base. When the young hitters hit, it's just such a different team. Yeah, 100% agree. And it seems like this was the promise of 2022 that has just not come to fruition. And then you add on top of that, Erod was pitching and this was Erod's return. And like, I know we, we've said what we said about Erod and we've had, you know, some negatives and we've gone on record and said it's going to take a lot for Erod to, you know, really win back not only his team, but us as fans. And I think Sunday was a great first step of that. I mean, he went five innings, only allowed four hits. He did have three walks. And again, the command was, was questionable and the put away pitch was not necessarily there with only five strikeouts. And I think like 90% of those were looking, um, but five strikeouts in five innings, right? You're right. That's a, that's, right. You're, that's a good point. Yeah. So I mean, he's averaging nine per 
for nine innings. So um, it was great to see him go out there and really put everything aside, put all of the really the gravitas of the game that that was this Shohei rubber match with the Angels, big deal. I mean, this and and not to be forgotten too. This was Trout's first series back too. That's a huge deal. We kind of kept him silent for a majority of the majority of the time, and he just put it all beside him. Said, "I'm going to go out there and do my thing," and and he did it. I mean, credit to him. Uh, do you have anything specific to say on Erod start? No, and we we mentioned it before too on the pod. This is good. This is a huge step in the correct direction. And it sounds like from what all the reports are that the team is behind him. And if, if his ex- explanation to the team, I'm sure he went into more detail with his guys than he did with the media. But if the Tigers are behind him and feel like that was a good enough explanation and they're ready to move on, then I can get on board with that as well. It would have been nice to have him the whole year, but if you've got, I mean, I'm assuming there was some kind of family situation that he had to attend to. Could it have been handled better? Probably. But we're here now. At least just communicate it better. You know yeah. what I mean? There's some yeah. kind of communication. 100%. So we'll see. We'll see how he pitches from here on out. It looks like he's got his head right and he's trying to put himself in the correct headspace and head the right direction pitching wise. So that's all we can really ask for. Uh, It is going to take a little bit for us to be back on board with him being the ace of this staff, especially with uh, Mize and Scooble going down and probably missing most of next year. But uh, still excited. I think there's a really good pitcher still in there, and I think we have yet to see the best of Erod as a Tiger. Agreed. I I definitely think think so, and I think – any of the doubts that, uh, you know, oh, do we void the contract? Oh, what a terrible signing. Like, I, I don't think we're there, you know, and I, I don't think we ever got to that point. But it definitely was like, oh, this could turn ugly pretty quickly. Um, and obviously one game isn't going to do everything right and it's not going to right every wrong. But uh, we're definitely on the right track towards that. And then, you know, just as a whole, I mean, good pitching all the way through to the bullpen too. It's a shout out to the bullpen because they had to cover another four innings of work um, and, and shut out the angels the rest of the time. Um, so shout out to the pitching. And then obviously yeah, shout out to the hitting. Uh, we literally could not even see the ball coming out of Patrick Sandoval's hand um, <laughs> the night before. I mean, he, he almost threw like one of the most Maddox Maddox shutouts ever. And of course, for those that don't know, a Maddox is a complete game shutout under a hundred pitches. He did it so many times in his career. Greg Maddox did it so many times in his career that he literally has a stat named after him. And he, Patrick Sandoval almost did it. He almost did it. And we actually lost the, uh, the first game of that series. What did you say? We actually lost the first game of oh, that series. I... That was the Sandoval game. Oh, well, okay. It, it, it was against one after the Oh, yes. We won two in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. And then the second game, we, yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Correction, correction. Um, but um, couldn't literally see anything from him. And then, yeah. And then, you know, next game, I guess, and, and, and you know, we'd start picking up the bats and then again um, and on Sunday. So it was good to see. It was really just an all around good, good series. We did not anticipate, I think, you know, we both said last week that we did not anticipate winning two out of three from the angels. The angels aren't a good baseball team. Like we, we know this, they have two legendary players that they cannot build around. And for some reason cannot put good people around them to actually win. Um, but the, the angels aren't a good baseball team. So it's not like we beat the Yankees or anything, but we put together a solid series that can be a preview of what this team can be and maybe be a little bit of a bridge to 2023 of like, okay, if, if this, this core sticks around and we just put a couple more pieces together, we, you know, like there's, it's there. Like Chris Illich, don't just please. It's, it's there. <laughs> like, let's not, let's not go and tear it down and let's hire someone that's actually going to push through all of this and actually still hire some major league talent rather than disband it all like we've we've been doing for the last eight years um moving on a little right before we move on real quick i did want to shout out matt manning for his excellent start friday night seven innings three hits one walk one earned run six strikeouts looked fantastic the one run came off a solo homer 
he he had his stuff and he again is is showing out for for all intensive purposes after he's come back from the aisle i just wanted to make sure that we we gave him his dues no, hundred percent. Yeah, no, I, I I did forget to put that and bring that in. Um, I think he has like a three ERA or something in the two point <laughs> two point eight one for the year. yeah uh, for the year, but but since he's come back, uh, mm-hmm. as I was saying. So, mm-hmm. um, he shoved, and it's just unfortunate that he couldn't get the win because he got outdueled. Um, I truly think that he has matured in a billion times over since he's even just since like, he's come back from this injury. Like, I mean, obviously I think he had a little bit more like different demeanor um, because he knew he was going to make the team out of spring training this year. And that, that obviously just, it, it relieves a lot of weight from your shoulders uh, in spring training. And then you can actually just settle into your role. Uh, but then obviously getting injured. I mean, it's, it's tough for anyone, let alone if you're 22 or 35 or whatever it is, it's, it's tough to come back with a positive outlook or, or go down with a positive outlook and then come back with a demeanor that you're actually going to, you know, contribute. And, uh, it, Manning's done everything and we could have asked for. So it's good to see at least someone come through and, uh, again, a bridge to next year. Hopefully we can, put some people behind them that can actually hit. Um, <laughs> as for the double header that I attended, I drove down to Cleveland, good old Cleveland, hung out with some buddies. Um, and man, dude, I, a lot of fun. Oh, just first off a lot of fun. Obviously, uh, Ben, um, shout out to you. Thanks for having Troy and I, um, it was good to, you know, one, just be down there and, and experience a new city. Um, but two, it's, a lot of fun to be like in enemy territory. Like if you, if you've never done it, if you've never like actually like full out, like endeavored in, in enemy lines and, and, and worn your, you know, the home Jersey of the team that is not home or, you know, a hat even of the, of the opposing team, it, there's experience like no other. I mean, you just, you kind of feel it in your veins. You're like, Oh, this is, this is fun. I like being the adversary. It's uh it's not for everyone. It's not for the faint of heart, especially in a city like Cleveland where they are. I mean, obviously they just have the name change and everything. And that's a whole thing, but like they still live and breathe the guardians. Um, whether they're a good team or they're not a good team, they, they, they still, they still love their guardians. Um, and for some reason, they always seem to just be better than the tigers for the last seven years. So <laughs> it's, it's hard to wear a tiger's hat or a tiger shirt or whatever it is. Um, when you're around those fans, uh, because you don't have a lot to say back to them. Um, but we had some pretty interesting exchanges. I'll say that and leave that to where it is. Um, the stadium dude, um, you, you've never been to, to progressive field, right? That is correct. Yeah. Um, you've obviously, I, I, what is the number for you? How many have you been to? Oh, Stadiums. shoot. It's either seven or eight. Okay. It's yeah. See, I was riding with the, I was right. I knew you were below 10, but I, I think I, I think I was right hovering right around 10, but okay. Yeah, so you believe the number is, is eight. Gotcha. Um, so you, I mean, you've been to plenty of other ones, but, mm-hmm. uh, this was so this will be number only three for me really um and uh progressive field just i i don't know i wasn't expecting anything out of it maybe that's why i I do often see that like once i set my expectations at some place and keep them there um they usually are pretty quickly um you know supplanted and so i that's exactly what happened here which were like I, i didn't have any expectations of enjoying the stadium whatsoever and immediately you walk in and it's like super confined like we felt like we were in like the tiniest little cube ever compared to comerica park i mean we're used to comerica park that takes up and and again like i've been saying this ever since i got back like i swear and i don't know if this is true and i'm sure someone can go find out please do but like as far as like square footage and acreage i swear comerica park takes up double what progressive field does because like this place is tiny and it feels tiny and it's kind of cool. It's way more vertical than Comerica park. And so like, there's like three um, like rungs of, you know, of, of, of seats and stuff. And like, and, and it, there's like a dual uh, concourse, which is super cool. I, you know, I, Comerica doesn't have anything like that. Um, it was really awesome. It seemed like they put a lot of thought into it. I, I never even, 
cared to bat an eyelash at progressive field. Uh, never even thought that that was a cool stadium. And again, you know, recency bias and, and, you know, I, I haven't been to too many other stadiums. So like whatever, but still I, I thoroughly enjoyed um, the stadium as a whole. Again, great theater tigers should have won both games and we don't have to go into them in detail, but they should have won both games. If it wasn't for one pitch against Andres Jimenez or Jimenez or however the heck you want to pronounce it. We should have won both games, dude. And it was fun because we, I had never been to a doubleheader and, and not only that, but like they don't typically have traditional doubleheaders anymore usually you have to buy separate tickets i mean obviously like they want to make more money i get it it's fine but like these traditional double headers have gone by the wayside pretty much but we got to stay in the stadium the entire time you couldn't leave obviously because if you left and the ticket was null and void and so you just stayed in the stadium the next pitch after the last pitch was thrown was thrown like 40 minutes after the first or the last one and it was awesome and it didn't feel like nine hours of baseball either. Like typically like you're in the sun and it's terrible. Shout out to the shade that's at progressive field because like we, I mean, obviously some people who are in the sun, but our seats super awesome. Got them in the shade from like pitch one. It didn't feel like we were there. Progressive field is actually the smallest uh, park by, is capacity, it really? by capacity in major league baseball. Oh, okay. But like, as far as like acreage or like, what is it? Like, well, is I mean, there I'm any... sure that's, I'm sure that's it obviously related to it. Right. Yeah. That's interesting because I mean, like, and and that's the thing too. Like, you hear it all the time, and this is kind of the narrative that goes around. Uh, for some reason, Cleveland just can't; they cannot get the fans in the stadiums. Like, they have one of the highest-rated TV broadcasts there is, but they just cannot get people to go into the stadium. There's plenty of Guardians fans. There's plenty of like whatever, but they just for some reason can't fill the seats. And I, I'm not about to solve that problem. But here, I'm I'm gonna ringing endorsement. Progressive Field is awesome. Like, I mean, like it's a cool place, but at these double headers at this, at these two games, it felt full. It, fe- it felt full, but you saying that like, Oh, it's the least capacity. I mean, that makes sense that, that, that checks out because it, it, it felt full, but you could tell it like there weren't as many people as like a Comerica park game or something like that. Um, but it, I mean, if I'm being honest, it literally, it felt like a little league baseball field compared to what <laughs> we're used to with Comerica park. But I think it's just because Comerica park is just a monster and just such a huge baseball stadium um again the games were awesome the whole like and and this is where i kind of want you to jump in a little bit because we talk all the time about the specific game that we went to where um there was a particular white Sox fan (laughs) (laughs) and i don't know if we've ever shared this story on air or whatever but there was there was a very particular white Sox fan and um he was being quite an annoyance and we were at a tigers game and we were, to be fair, we were on the first base side, which at Comerica of course is the away side and you know, whatever it's still Comerica. It's still tigers home stadium. Like there, there's a majority tiger fans there. And as I was saying, you know, there's something about just being in enemy territory that you just, you have to play it right. And, this individual who we're speaking about did not play it right at all. He was being a complete, I, I have a lot of words for him, but they will not be said here. He was just being a nuisance. And I, the entire time was thinking about this individual because now I had the chance to be that. And I m- maturely did not. I was not like I, I was, I was interacting with the guards fans. I was, I the happiest with them. No. No, but like you got to let them have their thing. You know, what I mean, like it's their stadium. It's their it's 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 their home team. They're, they're going to be excited when the team does something. Now, I will say this whole like new tradition of like booing when a pitcher throws over to first every time a pitcher throws over to first. Like, all right, guys. <laughs> all right. We get it. <laughs> we, we understand. Like, uh, we understand you don't like it that the game is taking an extra three seconds longer than it needs to. Like, OK, um, but there was one specific moment that bit us in the back and and it 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 was bad it was truly bad and of course there's three of us and i'm relating it back to the chafin home run but the pitch before the andres three run homer uh chafin got an awesome strikeout and we're hyped we're excited about chafin in general big country shout out big country 
And he gets this strikeout, and it's it's Jose Ramirez, their best player. And the audio level that we outburst from this strikeout <laughs> was not okay. Like it was like we were the only ones, and I'm pretty sure the audio, like the like at least the radio broadcast, TV broadcast, something. I I'm pretty sure they heard us because amongst all the boos, there was three people cheering very loud and it wasn't only the cheer that we did it was the stand up and cheer and that was the mistake that we made (laughs) that was the mistake that we made because the very next pitch the very next pitch three run homer andres jimenez and jimenez and and it, it was it was you wanted to you wanted to just turtle into your shirt like it was just i didn't want to be there but it was so fun and so I guess like my and you've been to way more like enemy territories or whatever, but like do you play into that they're the enemy or like do you go as like a fan of the game or do you go as like because some of the games you're not going to Tigers games, right? Yeah. You're so like, actually, most most of the games that I've been to that have not been at Comerica Park, I have been to see the stadium and to experience the ballpark. Um, I think the only. The only game that I've been to where I've been, you know, the quote unquote enemy, if you want to put it that way, was this summer when my wife and I went to Pittsburgh to watch the Cardinals play the Pirates. She's a huge uh, Cardinals fan, and I I've, I have a St. Louis Cardinals hat, so I wore it because I, you know, figured to support her team. So that was the closest thing, but I mean, there wasn't very many Pirates fans just in general. So it <laughs> didn't, I don't know if it really counted. Ouch. <laughs> I mean, the game ended at 18 to nothing, I think. Or Albert Pujols pitched, I hear. So he didn't pitch. That He pitched the night before, and then Molina oh, pitched the last. But uh, Pujols homered uh, twice in that game. Gosh. Oh, so. man. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just a different experience. And, and you never, like, you got to kind of watch your mouth. But credit to credit to all the fans, credit to all the Guardians fans. You know, we were jo- you know, had some cordial conversation going on. They were talking about our organization, talking about Riley Green, talking. You know, what I mean, like, we, we, th- of course, the jabs were there. I mean, it's it's just normal sportsdom, fandom, and and like it's just normal testosterone levels are high. You want your team <laughs> to do good, um, but credit to all the fans because they they were very welcoming and, and very uh, very supportive because we we were. We again, we didn't get to the White Sox level guy of obnoxiousness, but like, I wouldn't have necessarily been happy if if there were those three kids being incredibly excited about chafing striking someone out. <laughs> it was so dumb because the next... you got you still got to root for your team, and I think hundred percent any normal level headed and... fan will will understand that, right? And, and I guess the added context too is like it's an interdivisional thing, you know? What I mean, like that that of course there's going to be a little bit more gravitas and, and gravitas to that is because they are as much as rivals can be our rivals um, in the same division. We play them a lot. It, it is what it is, but at least for this year, we play them a lot. That's true. That is true that the, the calendar will change. The schedule will change. And maybe one day we don't have to lose to the guardians as much as we do. <laughs> bye. Bye. Jose Ramirez. Um, one note that I do want to make real quickly. I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about this. Um, We are making it a requirement for this group of people at least some kind of combination of this group of people that I've gone with because this is the same people that I saw the Riley Green home run with we have to go to every rookie like <laughs> possibility and it wasn't even Kerry Carper's debut it wasn't even his debut it wasn't Riley Green's debut but we bring some kind of it factor because Kerry Carpenter hit his first major league home run in our presence, just like Riley Green hit his first major league home run in our presence. And not only that, it was like Kerry Carpenter's breakout game. He did the same exact thing. He got his first extra base hit, just like Riley. Riley got his first extra base hit in front of us. And then, oh, by the way, first home run. I'm just saying we have something. We have some kind of mojo that we're bringing to the to the stadium, and the fact that it happened not not just once, but twice this year, 
I don't know who else is in line, but I'm making sure that we are going to Isaac Pacheco's Cridler is due for a call up here any second. Cridler, maybe if he can figure out his thumb situation. Um, Jace Young is on the list. Jackson Job can't hit a home run, but maybe he can pay, pull Daniel Norris. I don't know. We'll see. All I'm saying is that we are bringing the it factor, and we have to go to every possible game that that is a possibility of like, oh, they've been up for like a week or two weeks, and they still haven't hit the home run. We'll just we'll buy tickets. They'll buy the they'll get the home run. It's gonna it's gonna happen. Um, big question from the last pod was whether or not I was going to buy a hat. Did I buy a hat from the enemy territory, Josh? Uh, you were telling me you did. I did buy a hat. I did. I caved. Now, I will say the the feeling I had wearing all of my Tigers gear and bringing that hat to the checkout. <laughs> weird feeling, dude. Weird. I don't know what it is. It's just all in my head. But like the way that the way the cashier looks at you, the way everyone else looks around you, like, I mean, it's weird, dude. I don't know. Again, it could all just be in my head, but there's this tension. There's this tension there. And it's like, hmm. But I, you so, know, I, mean, it, I did the same thing at the at the Pirates game. I understand it. But also you have to think like if you're a person visiting a different stadium, you potentially could be from out of town like you are. You potentially traveled to see this or you don't get to a ball game that often, something like that. So it's it's an event and people understand it. I've I've bought many a hat from a from a stadium and I I don't think it's as big of a deal as as I think you're making it out to be personally. But I mean I make a lot of things big deals that are in, not big deals at all. I mean that's pretty much my entire life. So that's just the Casey show. Um but my my overarching feeling is that I'm just I I have this dream to go to all 30 ballparks and I just have a thing for hats and I don't want them to be like oh like the like like maybe if I end up, ever end up at Yankee Stadium I'll buy like a classic Yankees hat but I the one the the guards hat that I bought is really really cool it's like it's it's blued out it's not blacked out it's blued out but like dark blue and like it just has like the the it's the C logo still. But it's like it's it has like a red outline and stuff. It's not just like a classic guards hat. It's it's really cool. Um, and so I'm like, yeah, I, can I justify the purchase? No, because I'm probably never going to wear it because I'm going to get looks now. But now that I'm back in like friendly territory, I'm like, now I'm like, what am I going to do? But it's a cool hat to like events that like no one cares about baseball. I'll probably throw it on because I just I think it's a really cool hat. But it was a weird experience. I did it for the sanctity of the dream and, and for keeping that intact. Now I just have to go back to Wrigley field and actually get a hat from them, but <laughs> it is, it is what it is. Um, it wouldn't be uh tiger's baseball, Josh, without uh, some drama happening in the field and in the organization. Um, Robbie Grossman, he's doing things for the Braves. What's he doing for the Braves, Josh? I don't have his specific stats with the Braves pulled up, but he's already hit, I think, three or four home runs for them. Literally quadrupled his home run total for us. Yeah, so I <laughs> he's hitting quite a bit better, needless to say. And it looks like it came out that the uh, Braves uh, analytics department uh, found something wrong with his swing with Detroit. And they corrected it, and it seems to be working working for him. And specifically, it was his left-handed swing. Because remember, he went there as like a platoon player to hit righties, and mm-hmm. well, to hit righty against lefties. But they they like cracked the code on his left-handed swing, and it's like, are you kidding me? Sorry. So there was obviously questions asked in Detroit of you know why couldn't we figure this out? What what's going on? And apparently, uh, it comes down to the. Detroit analytics department and uh, AJ Hinch was asked about, about Robbie's uh, newfound success in Atlanta and his uh, changed swing. Um, And I have the quote here. He was asked about all this and he says, quote, do I make anything of it? No, I watched Robbie. He looks like he's exhaled a little bit. Some of that is going to come with going into an environment that already has the expectation of winning and the subtle adjustments that are made that could kind of unlock the player that we knew we had with Robbie. Last year, he was 20-20, which is 20 uh, home runs, 20 steals for the first time in his career. So us not being able to unlock that this year was a frustration for all of us. 
I think we need to take a look at how we can expand our things for players, the people, the influences from above and inside the clubhouse. Obviously, it's something that we maybe weren't going to talk about publicly until Robbie mentioned how much help he had gotten. Happy for him and certainly aware that we need to get better in a lot of areas in and around the organization. As we've seen all of the unknowns moving forward, that's a big one. Make sure we have the resources for the players that can bring most bring the most out of them both downstairs and quite honestly upstairs now that last uh and that's end quote um that last sentence was probably the biggest one for me because i mean the tigers have come to the point where it looks like internally they have said that they're 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 a flawed front office they have a flawed front office they have a flawed organizational thinking and i think that's you know obviously you know, in any situation, the first step is admitting you have a problem, you know, and admitting that something's wrong in order to fix it. And it's not easy to say that about your organization. Say, hey, we have some things that are wrong with this with this club. So I think that's a good first step. Um, I told you this week, I still think AJ Hinch is the correct manager to have at this point in time for the Detroit Tigers. Do I think the Tigers are the best organization for him to be with right now in his, on his end? Probably not, but he seems like he's committed to sticking with it and getting the Tigers through this difficult season that we are in, you know, not just this season, but the time of time of learning and growth that we're in right now. Um, I am excited to see where this organization goes. We've talked ad nauseum about the the future with the new whatever new GM we get and the GM search that is currently happening and will be happening for a little bit here. Um, it's super exciting, I think, mostly because of the unknown. Because this hire could literally be from anywhere. There are so many different avenues the Tigers could look to make this change in. Uh, somebody was mentioning today they could go with the the president of baseball ops and the GM as separate jobs. That's mm-hmm. a, that's a possibility for the structure of the front office. So we really know nothing about how it's going to look. It's super exciting. I think it's going to be super refreshing. And the honestly, the only way is up from here. Mm-hmm. We've we've kind of hit a hit a, a bad plateau in the wrong direction here. And I think that uh, some fresh direction is is honestly what they need. Yeah, 100%. I think uh, the Grossman situation specifically is a perfect picture of exactly what's wrong with this organization. And, and, and AJ, you know, to his credit, did a good job of, you know, I, I think you said it best when we were talking about an offer. Like, he didn't, he didn't necessarily word salad all of that. I think um, he finally came to, a, like, a solid conclusion there at the end. And he was just being bitterly honest. Like, yeah. You know, there's things that we have to address, you know, downstairs that are team focused and team centered and stuff with our, you know, specific staff. But there's things at the upstairs that need to be addressed, too. And I mean, that that's clear. And no one's really no one's shying away from that. Um, obviously, there's a pretty big vacancy up there. And so I think while the Grossman thing, you know, is unfortunate and really should have been. Um, rectified much earlier, uh, maybe we got a good picture out of it. You know what I mean? And like, like maybe, maybe it, clearly Grossman wasn't going to be part of the next Tigers World Series team. You know what I mean? And so, like, it, it's at some point you have to kind of go to the what are we trying to gain here? And maybe we just dump what we can. And of course he had a bad year this year. And so you can't really get much for him. So, and he's an expiring contract. So you just kind of get what you can get. It's not surprising that it did kind of seem like an overnight turn, but I think what AJ said in the beginning was also very important. He seems to have exhaled a little bit. I don't, I'm not going to buy into this fact that it was all the, the, the video analysis that, I mean, like clearly they brought him something and clearly he made a quick swing change, but there was even a time when the tigers, he lit up for like two weeks and it was clear that like something had changed. Something had, you know, someone brought something to him and like there was some, some inroads being made and then he just fell into the same slump. I think just going to a team where you don't have to try and push like that is already established. 
I mean, they're coming off a World Series win. He's exhaled a bit. You know, what I mean, like he he's in a place where he can just be himself, and that's he doesn't that's awesome. put the offense on his back in Atlanta. Exactly, exactly. Um, and so I think I think there's a lot of of credence to that statement. Where like it, it clearly it, it probably wasn't all the video, but there also is something to be said about being able to acknowledge that there um, acknowledge that there's a problem and then trying to come up with solutions to fix it. I think the Tigers are super, super good at acknowledging some problems and we need to get better at finding some solutions. And I think the next GM, the next GM will, will hopefully do that. And and I think we have a lot of high expectations for that. Um, It kind of leads in perfectly to my next topic, which last week we introduced the the buy or sell game. Uh, And I very much liked it. I, I had a lot of fun. I, kind of sprung it on you so i thought i'd come up with some questions for for this week um as always cannot say that we're gonna do this every week probably do it until it absolutely runs into the ground and we don't have fun with it anymore but for the now we're gonna do it <laughs> it's kind of fun um i have not briefed you on any of these topics um but the first one that i want to ask you and it literally ties exactly into what we were just talking about uh josh buy or sell Scott Kubal gets fired at the end of the year. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, I think it's it's not it's not as an open and shut answer as I think a lot of Tigers fans would have. Um, I think this whole uh, Robbie Grossman situation points out the fact that there's more than just the hitting coach the hitting staff more than just the analytics department going on with a lot of the development of these players and helping these players perform at their best. We had a conversation off air yesterday, and I think that's pretty prudent to bring up today. You made the, you made the point of um, when we talk about hitting and this Tigers team, we bring up Scott Kulbach quite often and the failures of this offense to perform and it very well could be uh, a big Scott Coolball problem with this offense. Um, that is very, very possible. But one thing we have to stay consistent with with this team is is applying that knowledge to the entire team. When we talk about the pitching on this Detroit Tigers team, we we sing the praises, we shout the praises from the rooftops of. Uh, Fetter and his all his glory and how he has transformed so many pitchers on this team and he's brought back the careers of Joe Jimenez and I mean you could go down the list of of relievers and and starters that have found something w- under the direction of uh, Chris Fetter and if we're gonna give Chris Fetter this much props we have to go the other direction as well. We have to say, okay, this hitting is, you know, all on Scott Kuba. And it's coming out that apparently that's not the case. Scott Kuba isn't the entire hitting team. He's not, he's not, you know, guiding and directing the entire Tigers hitting development. And so I think we have to have that same conversation over on the pitching side. It's not just Chris Fetter. A lot of props to him, not taking anything away from the job that he's done at the Tigers. I think that keeping him and, him not not going to Michigan is a huge thing for this team, but there's more than just Scott Coolball wrong with this offense. Clearly, he may be a big part of it, and he came in with AJ, so I think that's going to be a tough decision for AJ to make at the end of the year. Um, all of that to say, not to get long winded, but I I do think he goes at the end of the year, but I don't know if it's as open and shut of a case as as a lot of Tigers fans think it will be. Yeah. And thank you for, for bringing that up. Cause that's exactly where I was going with it. Right. I, this, this narrative in the media and beat writers, whatever it is, I'm not calling anyone out, but this is just, it's ridiculous. This idea that like, Oh, you know, Chris Fetter is just the second coming of Jesus and he has changed everything and yada, 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 yada. It, it very well could be true. Like I, I, I do support the fact that Chris Fetter is an amazing pitching coach, probably the best pitching coach we've had in a long time. 
if you're going to say that and say that he is so integral to the process of of pitching, then you have to go the other direction and you have to you have to hold him to the same standard. Even if he isn't as good and never will be as good as Chris Fetter, you have to hold him to that standard of like this is what coaching is in Detroit. To be realistic, we have a bunch of triple A or quadruple A players on our team. And this is what it takes to make them reach their potential. You have to babysit them. You have to tell them what to do. You have to be with them every single day of every single week. And if you're not doing that, then you're not doing the job. And that's just that's just what it is. And and I mean, I, I've I've spoken at length about my issues with Scott Kubal, and 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 you maybe I have to come to terms with yeah, maybe it's not all him either. But the buck has to stop somewhere, and I I, I completely buy that that Scott Kubal should and must go. Not just because the team's been bad this year, but because they've made zero progress in another direction. And so it just it's just it's not working. Sorry, Scotty. Sorry. Sorry, Cooley. I know you're I know you're on Manning's fantasy football team. I get it. Sorry, buddy. Gotta go. Josh, buy or sell. Otani had a stomach bug on Sunday. <laughs> Uh, that's that's an easy buy for me. I don't think ah! I, I don't think there's any reason to to doubt that report. Uh, it is rather embarrassing that the Tigers kind of got to him a little bit, but I think I think it's the only explanation for for him not not being as as dialed in as he normally is. Uh, I don't think that's as bad of a thing. You got to take your take your take advantage of your opportunities as an offense, and I think the Tigers did a really good job of it on Sunday. Um, you know, having a great game plan is huge. And I think, uh, especially like Riley green, one of the, one of the top ones in that lineup just had a good game plan going in. So, uh, I, I, I buy it. I buy it hundred percent. I, I don't think that, uh, Shohei has any reason to, to duck the tigers like that. Yeah, no. And I think the, the one true signal of that, is that he actually came out and he didn't hit after he got taken out after four innings. You know, like, I mean, he, even if he's having a bad game, he, he's still hits. Like there, there was that one game this year where he got blown up by the Yankees and he still went out and batted. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like the Tigers were destroying him or anything. They just, they were seeing him. And, they, and again, you know, like he, he wasn't a hundred percent and I haven't seen it yet. And maybe it's just because I haven't kept tabs on it today. Um, because you know it's just a day after the the game, but I I just didn't want the narrative to turn into, oh, the Tigers beat the Angels and they beat Otani, but it was Otani at seventy five percent. I just like guys, give us our moment, just please. <laughs> <laughs> like we don't have enough of them. I, I appreciate what you're trying to do, and we can all appreciate the talent that is Shohei Otani. But we don't need to bank it about this stomach book. And and I, I don't think I don't think it's turned into that because it truthfully, realistically, it's it's a game between two organizations that are going in the wrong direction anyways. So uh Josh, buy or sell the Tigers will lose one hundred games this year. Oh, we're gonna get the math involved, aren't we? We're gonna we have to pull out the maths here. Um, let's see. How many games left we got? This isn't something I'm just gonna. This is this is kind of a big deal. Um, we have won 47 games, mm-hmm. and we have lost 76 games. Mm-hmm. It's 123 games. Mm-hmm. 162 minus 123. It's 39 games. Math time with Josh. <laughs> we have 39 games, games left. Um. We would have to go. We would have to go 15 and 24 to lose 100 games or mm-hmm. worse. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You've put already a lot more thought in this than I have. I already know my answer. So, um, we've got kind of a tough schedule. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> have you looked at it? <laughs> yeah, I've got, I'm looking at it right now. We got games against Seattle, Houston, Chicago White Sox, Minnesota Twins. Actually, we have seven whole games against Seattle. 
couple against San Francisco, uh, Baltimore. They're going to be tough to beat. They're they're fighting for a well. You know the right now. answer here. You know, <laughs> you know. I say it. I don't want to say it. Now remember the 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 verbiage of the question. How it was structured. The Tigers will lose 100 games this year. Do you buy or sell that? I begrudgingly buy it. Yeah, I th- I think that's the I think that's the only answer really, <laughs> and I even need too much research behind. I think that's just... our that's our World Series right there. Is and you know, try not to lose. You know what's games. nice about that? Exactly, it's exactly right. Like what's nice about that is like if we don't lose a hundred games, it feels like a win. We set our standards, we set our expectations, and if we exceed them, we're excited. We're pretty stoked. I don't know. I think it is going to be pretty hard for the for the team to to win another 16 games and that's that's saying a lot but um because we're a little short on time i have i technically actually have three more but but we're not we're not gonna go over those Uh, i'm just gonna have you pick a number between one and three and and we'll go with that one so so which one do you want to answer give me number three number three oh no okay this is a (laughs) okay all right um josh Buy or sell. Justin Verlander will wear an Astros hat to the Hall of Fame. Sell. <laughs> Fast to sell in my life. Why? He's more accolades with the Tigers. Spent more time with the Tigers. He doesn't have a ring with the Tigers. He doesn't have a ring. He's an MVP with the Tigers. As a pitcher. I'm I'm not I mean I I I'm not convinced is all is all I'm gonna say. I'm not convinced. Here's what will convince me is if he now the reason I'm talking about this, the reason this is even really in, on my mind is because Justin Verlander just hit his contract exco ex geez escalation, if I could say words, and that it says that it it now he has an opt-out at the end of this year because he pitched 130 innings. And so he can opt out, and instead of making $25 million next year, he probably, and deservingly so, earns a contract close to the Max Scherzer deal, which is like $45 million a year. I don't know if he'll quite get that in his age 39 season, but he probably will opt out, and he will probably be a free agent at the end of this year. And so knowing that, I think it is a complete yes, he will go to the Hall of Fame wearing a Tigers cap if he re-signs the Tigers next year. If he doesn't, I know he I know he's a Tiger at heart. I know he is, but there is so much weight put on that ash. And it breaks my heart. It really it it breaks my heart. Josh. Does he get to choose? I don't know how that works. I I from my knowledge, yeah. I thought at one point it was the writers that decided what and I don't oh. really hope not. If it's the if it's the writers, then I, then he goes in as, he gets as, as an Astro. No, if oh, it's the writers, oh. if it's the writers, what? the do you know how much the writers yeah, weigh World Series there. rings? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you might have a point there. It's I think it's a slam so maybe, dunk. Yeah. He'll go in as an Astro mm, if okay. the writers so, are. In so maybe I'm just siding with the writers. Okay, yeah, and, and I mean like I I truly do I I put a lot of weight behind and like I don't necessarily personally, but I think that the world and maybe JV puts a lot of weight behind that World Series ring, and. <laughs> uh, whether it's earned or not that that ring but <laughs> I, I i think it's not quite as uh cut and dry as you're he's out. been to more world series period as a uh, tiger what memories and what world series are a little bit better than yeah, well okay i think uh, pablo sandoval would have something to say about that but anyway <laughs> old panda anyway. um i'll save the other two for another day um, I really want to ask them to you and I, uh, okay, just real quick. I just need to know buy or sell the Yankees. So dang. Okay. That's all I need to say. <laughs> uh, they're winning right now. So I don't know. Well, they're looking a little shaky here. That is true. Didn't Vogelback just hit a home run. Yeah. He had a nuke. Yeah. And, and the, the Cabrera kid and, and, uh, was that, uh, Gonzalez? It was Gonzalez out in the outfield. Marwin. That was Marwin I Gonzalez. I didn't see the play beforehand. I heard yeah, it. Yeah, they they, they had a little bit of a trifle. 
Cabrera mm. kid tried to catch it, and it was it was not good. Okay, yeah, I uh, they've been bad. They've been really bad this month. Curse um, of Joey Gallo. Yeah, you brought that up the other day. We'll have to examine that when it comes to the end of the year to see if that's <laughs> actually a real thing. Uh yeah, I think uh, while they were the best team, they have quickly shown their their stripes, and they're they're no longer the best team. I don't know if I'm necessarily going to sell them because again, everything gets washed to zero once you get to the postseason. That's what happens when you trade away pitching when you need pitching. Josh, who are the Tigers playing this week? We've got two coming up against the Giants at home. And then we've got three. We take a little three-game weekend road trip to Arlington, Texas to face the Rangers. Play three against the Rangers. Um, for my predictions this week, I say we get swept out of Detroit by the Giants. Um, tell me where you've heard that before. <laughs> and I say we take two from the Rangers in Arlington. It feels like such a gettable week. Like, I mean, like we were talking about a little bit before, like the Giants are below 500. They're not a great team. Rodon is one of the pitchers. And so like, yeah, I think, I think Rodon probably has a good game tomorrow. We're facing off against Rodon and Webb. And Webb, but is Webb the Webb that everyone wants him to be? Like it really ERA is still in the low threes. Okay. Well, maybe he is the web that everyone wants him to be. It's Manning though. And hopefully Manning can keep up. It is Manning. I think, I think the giants or I think we take one against the giants. I don't think we get swept out of Detroit. I'm not, I'm not, not here for that. And then I'll agree with you with the Rangers. I think I, the, the Rangers are just an abysmal baseball team. Imagine allocating half a billion dollars to an organization and still, being an absurdly bad baseball team. Could you imagine thought experiment for me taking the Tigers pitching and the Rangers offense and just marrying those two things and, and the Rangers offense, let's be clear, not that great, but they're better. <laughs> they're, they're better than the Tigers, than the Tigers offense and, a and positive run to differential. Let's just start there. And their pitching is terrible, like awful. I can't even like I, I can't even begin to describe what it looks like past John Gray, and if you just if you just put the Tigers pitching into that play in that category, my goodness, you had you would have a World Series team right there. That'd be that'd be, that'd be it. That's the well, nucleus I mean, right there. The Tigers have a negative one hundred and forty one run differential. You know you. Didn't have to say that actually. There wasn't that one hurts to look at too. If it helps that you, wasn't... Kansas City has a worse one. And yet they're better than us in the standings. At least we're not the Nationals. We have a negative two hundred run differential. Yeah, well, we didn't sell Riley Green this year, so That's um, <laughs> yeah, I, I would say I think we're gonna split the series with Giants. Please, Matt Manning, please. And then, yeah, I think we'll take two for the Rangers. Um, quick shout out to the makeshift pitching staff that we have right now too. It was making the rounds, and you know we didn't really have a spot for it during the pod, but like. It, Literally no names are making up the pitching staff, including Drew Hutchison. Happy birthday, Drew. Um, and uh, Daniel Norris is back. And and the likes of these people are, are contributing to like a three ERA in the month of July and August. And that's just absolutely mind blowing. I'm not going to put all of the <laughs> all of the favor on Fetter, but clearly Fetter has some kind of magic that he is putting on these players because these, these are no names. Maybe the pitching is performing up to snuff and it's just accentuated by how bad the offense has been. That could also be true. I mean, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, you looked at our record throughout that time. It's not pretty either, which is more credence and more of an argument to the fact that baseball is more than pitching. And I'm supposed to hit the ball. I just, I, this narrative, dude, like I, I, and we hear it more and more as we go to the postseason because I, I do think that the, the tables change. Like, I get it. The tables turn. Pitching is very important when you get to the postseason, but you've got to hit your way into the postseason. Well, you got to get there just period. You, so you've got to hit your way into the postseason. And this whole thing of like, oh, baseball's pitching. Oh, but I'm just, I'm, I, it's such a tired idea, dude. Do your rebuild on pitching. Thanks, guys. Yep. Uh, we'll call you on year 19 of the rebuild. Cool. Sounds good. Sounds good. Josh, do you have any more thoughts about the Tigers? 
No, no. I think uh, well-deserved off day today for the guys after a good series, good week, honestly, of baseball this past week. And uh, just nice, exciting week against teams that we don't typically get to play against. So, 100% agree. Where can the kids find us? You're on Twitter at Old English Pod. You're on Twitter. Um, in the bio and in the description, I'll have the rest of our handles. I can't remember what I did the handles of. We created a Reddit. We have a we have a Reddit page. We have an Instagram page. I'm going to try to post to a little bit as well. If you guys want to give us a follow, that would be greatly appreciated. Um, it'll all be in the description at the end of the podcast. Someone should pay you for doing social media, because like that's that's my avenue that I'm just I'm not good at, and I'm I'm very glad you are spearheading all that because you're doing a great job. Could could we post more? Of course, yeah. I mean, we could, there could always be another way, but I mean, you made a flipping Reddit page for us. It's it's something I I kind of enjoy doing. It's probably also because I'm lazy when I'm not working my actual job. So I don't know. Uh, Josh, thank you so much for joining me this week. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. And as always, go. Go.